Welcome to the North Shore Vineyard Church Audio Podcast. I'm Crispin Schroeder. Today on the podcast, we have audio from our Saturday night service on January 9th. This is the introduction to the series we're going to be going through this year called Live Connected. The title of this message today is It Starts Like a Garden. So thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at northshorevineyard.org. Okay, if, if you've been around here very much at all, or, or if you know me much, uh, I, I love watching movies. I'm a big fan of watching movies. And on my days off, I like to go to these things called video stores. Has anybody heard of a video store before? I know they're kind of phasing their way out. Uh, they're, they're becoming obsolete. Younger kids won't know what they are uh, here in another year or so. But when, I like to go to a I like to go to a video store sometime and try to just find a movie that I've never heard of. Anybody like doing that? You know, like stumble across something that that has never got much press and, and you just find this gem of a movie. And um, my, my usual strategy when I do this is to, to find a movie that has some kind of uh, endorsement from a movie critic. Does anybody do that? You know, you, you look. Like, I figure if you, if you find a movie that can't find anybody to put something on it, then it's probably not a good movie. And, and that usually works. But occasionally you come across a movie that says, amazing, in quotation marks. And you take that movie home, and you spend two and a half hours watching it, and you get to the end, and you're like, why the heck did Roger Ebert say that was amazing? It was not amazing. It was the biggest waste of time that I've had in, in years. Um, but then you actually go online to read Roger Ebert's review, and he says something to the effect of, it's amazing that people will turn out such dribble as <laughs> a cinematic masterpiece. And so, you know, I, I found some of these things online, um, some actual reviews that were done like that. Um, Tevia, would you mind getting me a little bit of water, please? I'm just, like, dying here. My daughter, Tevia. Um, woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, there was a review of a movie called Seven that came out in uh, the, the 90s, and on their posters, their advertisements, they put a small masterpiece. And so you think, a small masterpiece. Well, it turns out the guy who reviewed it, uh, Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly, actually gave Seven a, a B-minus overall. And his, his uh, review only really praised the opening credits. He said, the credit sequence with its jumpy frames and near subliminal flashes of psycho paraphernalia is a small masterpiece of dementia. So, so he thought the small masterpiece was the opening credits. Uh, there was a, a movie called Hoodlum that w- had a similar thing. Uh, a guy by the name of Kenneth Turin was attributed, thank you, dear, was attributed with giving it the, the review of Irresistible. But if you actually looked up the real review, it said this. Even Lawrence Fishburne's incendiary performance can't ignite hoodlum, a would-be gangster epic that generates less heat than a nickel cigar. Fishburne's character Bumpy is fierce, magnetic, irresistible even. But this actor can only do so much. So again, we, we, we see that things taken out of context can, can often mean something different. And of course, have we ever seen this happen in politics before? Anybody aware of this? Um, here was one from the 
2000 United, uh, United States Republican primary campaign where George Bush was competing with John McCain for the Republican Party nomination. And Bush put out a, the Bush campaign put out a, uh, a warning from John McCain's conservative hometown newspaper that said, it's time the rest of the nation learns about the McCain we know. And I'm sure they had kind of weird music playing in the background. Truth is, the paper went on to say, there's much to admire about John McCain. After all, we have supported McCain in his past runs for office. <laughs> you know, last week, I, 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 left, I left you with a challenge, and, and if you weren't here last week, you can download the message and, and get caught up. But uh, I, I challenged everyone, instead of just making a New Year's resolution that, that this, this year I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to stop saying cuss words or, you know, be nicer, uh, whatever it is, that instead of just making a, a, a blind resolution kind of out of context, that we could picture kind of a climactic scene from a movie. And, and, and what, what would a scene, what would be a good scene for this upcoming year for you? What would be a great high point for this year? And figure out how we can work our way to that. So I gave the example of the guy who, who um, his resolution is to climb Mount Hood. And so because he's going to be climbing Mount Hood, he's going to get in shape, he's going to lose weight, and, and he's going to conquer something. Um, but, the, but the idea is that is that too often, just like these quotes that are taken out of context, we don't pay attention to the story that we're living in. We don't pay attention to the narrative, where our lives are going. And so, you know, you think, you know, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. Forget the fact that I've never gone to the gym five days a week in my life, but I'm going to throw that in there. I'm going to start being that kind of person. Or I'm going to stop eating fast food. Forget the fact that I've been eating fast food nonstop for 20 years. It doesn't work with the story you're living in. So, so, so imagine... Imagine a better scene that you can begin working towards. So I've been pondering these kinds of uh, scenes myself. Did anybody take that assignment seriously last week? Anybody think of a good scene for this year? Did anybody think of some good scenes for the church? Because nobody emailed them to me. Um, But here is my scene. Here's my vision, my high point for the future. You may laugh at this. You may think that it's kind of silly, but... But it's my little dream, okay? And so here's what I envision. I envision five or six months down the road coming home from work on a Friday, and we're going to have some friends over for dinner. And I ask my lovely wife, honey, do we have any tomatoes and jalapenos and onions? And she'll say, no, dear. That's not the, the, the part that I'm envisioning. But um, <laughs> she'll say, no, I, I forgot to get it at the grocery store. And then I'll, I'll say, that's okay, honey. And I'll walk out into the backyard, and I'll go pull some jalapeno peppers off a plant and some tomatoes, and I'll go dig up a couple of onions and cut me some fresh cilantro. Then I'll take all my ingredients back in the kitchen, and I'll start chopping them up and add a little lemon juice, a little olive oil, and I'll make this great salsa that will accompany our meal that night. Is that a good epic scene? Is that, is that a good? You may think it's kind of silly, but, uh, you know, I... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you may think I'm kind of setting my sights a little low with this thing of gardening, but understand, I've never grown anything in my life. Ricky knows. He's been trying. I've, I've been living in Kenner with basically, you know, a, a yard that's about eight by six, you know, concrete. You know, the only thing that grows is, is weeds through the, the little things. So I've not been able to really grow, grow anything for the past eight years other than a little bit of mold on, on leftovers that 
kind of got neglected. And so my resolution this year is that I want to do some gardening. So we prepared a little video. I, I took my assistant, Tevia, and we, we, we were armed with nothing but an iPhone video camera. And we went around to various nurseries and feed and seed places. And, and there's a lot of them to cover here around this part of uh, the country. And, and we shot this little video um, to, to just kind of ask what the basics are of gardening. So enjoy this, this bit of cinematic masterpiece that, that uh, Roger Ebert called irresistible, I think. I think it was the way he uh, framed it. I'll wrap my robe of righteousness around your it doesn't really have a soundtrack. That, that's, that's coming on the next one. <laughs> we are with Marceline Feed and Seed in downtown Covington. And this is Mike. Yes, sir. And Mike is, uh, you might want to scoot up so, so you can catch, you got to talk loud here. But, uh, sure. So I'm going to ask Mike, the, you know, this is my idiot's guide to, to growing stuff. I've never grown anything in my life except mold in the, on cheese in the refrigerator. Um, but I'm going to try to branch out a little and grow something other than mold. So we're going to try to plant a garden in our backyard. So what's the first thing that we need to consider when we're planting a garden? Well, the first thing you need to do is uh, test your soil, make sure the pH balance is right, depending on what seed you plant. Um, you know, if you plant beans, you need uh, beans, you need different pH, uh, carrots. You know, it's all different. How do you so, test soil for pH? Um, well, we've got we've got testers here. You, they've got you can send it off to LSU Ag Center, or you could test it yourself. You've got the soil test kits here. So what happens if your soil is like got too much clay in it? Um, well, then you we've got stuff here to take out the clay or something that bonds with the soil to help produce a better soil. So if you got too much clay, it won't it won't grow, right? Um, pretty much, yes, sir. So I can't just go in the backyard and just kind of start from scratch, right? Right. You you pretty you need a well prepared soil. So well prepared is that like um, peat moss, uh, garden soil? You would, you would you use peat moss, soil or peat moss, or you could use, um, you know, just make sure you got it fertilized. Um, they've got garden soils, great Miracle Grow, backhoe, all those soils work great. Now I've seen some folks they do this down in New Orleans sometimes in the city. I don't know if you do this when you got more room, but I see people do these kind of raised gardens with the. Uh, Landscape timbers, is that a good thing to do, or that, do you have to do it that way? That would, be, that would be especially good, especially around Louisiana where it's really wet, just to, uh -huh. keep, to, to keep the humidity in the soil down pretty low. However, you know, water is the key. Every plant yeah. needs water. But to keep it from, you know, drowning the plants, or if you've got a low spot in your ground, certainly building the soil up would be a good idea. Cool. So what, what do you think, for novice people who don't know how to garden anything, What's a good thing to start with that's easy to grow and hard to kill? Starting with um, easy to grow. Um, beans are easy to grow. Um, corn is very easy to grow as well. Beans? <laughs> corn? Corn, you know. Corn. And uh, around Louisiana where they've got a, a lot of clay, you know, those two would be something good to start with. Okay. And what about sunlight? Every plant needs sun. <laughs> uh, you've got to have sun to grow. Um, so just make sure you've got it. You know, it doesn't have to be in the sun all day long. It could be in the shade some part of the day, you know, in sun rest. I got lots of trees, and I'm hoping... I like onions and tomatoes and jalapenos. I'm, like, envisioning, like, making salsa. Sure. Can, can, you think a salsa garden would work with a little shade? Certainly. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Well, thank you, Mike. You're welcome. We appreciate your help, and uh, we will uh, take it to heart and, and, and try this thing. Hope it works out for you. All right. See, I'm thinking of getting out of this church business altogether and uh, 
go into documentary filmmaking. Uh, I got to say, I've never been called sir so many times in, in my life. <laughs> felt kind of cool. I, mean, I actually felt felt a little old. I'm like, you're not as young looking as you think. Um, you know, and, and what we're going to do here over the next few months, we're gonna we're gonna keep this documentary rolling. So we're gonna we're gonna follow this to to my final scene if if it works. So I know some of you may not like the talking here. You may not like the worship. You, you may be marginally impressed with the coffee here. But I have a feeling you're gonna keep coming back to watch these little um, things that we're gonna prepare over the the, the coming months. So um, if, if for no other reason than just to watch those, we will uh, be kind of doing a video blog on that. But you know Jesus. Oftentimes in his ministry, when he's trying to convey what the kingdom of God is like, what the spiritual life is like, you know, Jesus oftentimes used these pictures from agriculture, from gardening, from farming. Um, There was in Matthew, Jesus said uh, the word of God is is like a seed. And he said the the hearts of men are, are, are like soil. Some people have hard hearts. The, the word of God comes and it just kind of bounces off because there's a lot of rocks and it's hard. Some people have a little bit of soil. The seed goes in, but, but then the enemy steals it before it can bear any fruit. And then there's some people that, that receive the seed. You know, the word of God starts bearing fruit in their lives, but then they start getting too many competing concerns and it just chokes out what God had planted. And then he said there's, there's finally some people who, who actually bear a lot of fruit in their lives. They, they are receptive to the, to the word of God, and, and it does things. It gets things done, and it bears fruit. Jesus also talked about the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Anybody seen a mustard seed before? It's little bitty. It's like a grain of sand. I mean, not impressive at all. And Jesus said the kingdom of God's like that. It doesn't look like much, but when it goes down into your heart... Uh, it, it begins to grow. And pretty soon, that little mustard seed has turned into this, this, this plant that looks like a tree. Birds actually can nest in it. it. It becomes the biggest plant in your garden. And then Jesus also used the, the picture of, of a vine, which is, was fitting because we're a vineyard here. But I, I want to look at the text tonight. I, I put it there in your notes. John 15, 1 through 17. I'm going to be reading from the message translation. And Jesus in this picture is, is talking about what a life looks like connected to him. Jesus said this. He said, I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. And he cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back, so it will bear even more fruit. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. So live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make your home... With me and my words are at home in you. You can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. And this is how my father shows who he is. When you produce fruit. When you mature as disciples. We can learn a lot about the spiritual life from, from these, little, these little 
words that Jesus spoke. This is actually going to be foundational to the year that we're looking out ahead. Life connected. You know, enough of us have experienced alienation, disconnection. You know, our world, ironically, promises connection, doesn't it? You know, it promises that, you know, you, you can connect through the Internet, through Twitter, through Facebook. You, you got all these different things. But yet, I've never seen more people alone, alienated, cut off relationally from God and from other people. Jesus talks about how we can live a life that is connected. Now, in a way, these words of Jesus seem kind of counterintuitive to us, right? Because most of us, do we have any uh, gardeners in here, farmers? Yeah, all right. But most of us these days, we don't, we don't really typically like planting seeds in the ground and waiting around for something to happen, right? True? Uh, you know, we don't like the time it takes for gardening. And we kind of want spiritual transformation to happen quickly, don't we? We kind of want to show up. I know my first few years as a Christian, man, I, I, I went up for people to pray for me, and I wanted, like, everything to be changed in a moment. I don't know if you've ever been like that, but I, I just kind of, like, wanted God to just zap me and fix every last thing in my life so I could be all right. And he didn't. I mean, there was times where God came through and, and, and radically did some things. But, you know, for the most part, it was like fruit growing on a vine. The reality is, when I came to Christ, I was a mess. A mess of addictions, anger, lust, pride, jealousy, fear, anxiety. I mean, that's my life. That was what I looked like. You know, talk, you know I mentioned this on, you know, on Facebook. You, you get to see people that have known you at various times in your life. And that's kind of a weird thing. Because there's people that knew me when I was a teenager. There's people that know me now. A lot of people who knew me as a teenager are kind of just tripping on where I am right now. They're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I would never have, have figured you'd be a pastor. I mean, or even a Christian. I mean, what, what, what's, what's going on here? People who've seen me before then and seen me now, they, they can see that there's something different. But you know what? The little bit of peace and hope, and love, and patience, and self-control that, that I have now, it doesn't come from me. <laughs> you know, I can tell you, many times in my life, I tried to get a handle on, on issues in my life. I tried to quit addictions. I tried to be joyful. I tried to be happy. And I just didn't have it in me. I needed to be connected to a life that wasn't mine. And so, connecting with God, His fruit over the years, has begun to come up in my life. And, and now I'm, I'm a visibly, noticeably different person uh, than I was back then. So tonight, I'm just going to give an overview of what you can expect this coming year at the Kenner Vineyard. We're launching into a year-long series. I figured, what, why not? What, did I say Kenner? Dang, I'm sorry. Edit this. Uh, North Shore Vineyard. It's, it's still kind of, oh, <laughs> dang city people. Uh, no. <laughs> With their raised gardens. and. Uh <laughs> but tonight, we're going to look at, I just want to give you an overview of the year ahead for us. Because we're going to be doing this series uh, a year long. Don't be scared off by that. But it's called Life Connected. And it's just about how we can connect 
to God, how we connect to other people in the church, how we can connect to the culture, and how we can experience that connection deeper and deeper in our own hearts. So I just want to give a quick overview of it. The first thing that we're going to cover this year over the next few months leading up to Easter is, is, is our connection to God. We're going to look into these words of Jesus of, of, of being connected to the vine and bearing fruit. We're going, to, we're going to see what does that look like. So as a church, we're going to look at some, some things. And, and you know, the, the cool part about what we're doing is whether you're just a brand new Christian or whether you're just investigating or whether you've been a Christian for 20 years, these are all things that, that we can visit together and learn from. So we're going to look, at, look into things like worship, how, how we connect to God through worship, how we connect to God through, you know, reading the Bible. Anybody intimidated about reading the Bible? Anybody, like, make... make you know, resolutions to start reading, you know, a few chapters a day each, each January and you make it about two weeks, maybe a week, and, and, and all of a sudden you're off track. Well, we're going we're gonna to learn as a community what it means to, to kind of look into the Word of God and, and, and learn that together. We're going to look at spiritual disciplines like, like prayer and fasting and, and solitude and, and some things that will help us connect with God. The idea here is not that you would just you know, connect with God when you come to a Saturday night service, but you'd learn how to actually experience the life of God when you're in your cubicle, <laughs> when you're doing mundane things like mowing the lawn or changing a diaper. You can experience God there? Yeah. The idea is that we can experience, we'll learn how to connect to God in our everyday lives. And we're going to do something in the midst of that uh, I know it's kind of silly, you know, I, n- I didn't grow up around Catholicism much, um, and I'm, I'm sure we got some some people that have, have grown up in that, so I didn't really have much of, I didn't even know what the word Lent meant, you know, other than it was something that you get in your belly button occasionally, and, uh, uh, or you got out of the dryer, but, uh, you know, what we're going to do is look at, at you know, it's, it's a time that has, has been celebrated by churches throughout the years to, to kind of uh, get reflective. We're going to look at that. We're going to take that season right after Mardi Gras, and, and we're going to do this thing called 40 Days of Faith, which is, is going to be our kind of hip version of, of uh, uh, looking into Lent. And, and this is basically an experiment. For those of you who've, who've never stepped over the line with Christ, this is a time where you can try God out for 40 days and see what he does. So we're going to, this journey will be just inviting God to move in our lives, inviting God to, to answer some prayers. And we're going to, you know, I, I anticipate we're going to see some cool things. So that's going to kind of lead us up to Easter. And then after Easter, we're going we're gonna to spend a quarter on the church. Now, I've heard this comment time and time again. I've even made it myself. I love Jesus. Just not a big fan of the church. Anybody ever felt that way before? Yeah, I, I think we all have. I, I, I mean, if you're like me, you've probably been hurt by church a few times and people in church. And, you know, I, there's, there's times where I'd just rather sit at home and if I'm going to go to church, I'll listen to a podcast or watch somebody on TV. You know, I, I got no use for it. But you know what? Jesus, you know, if you say you really love Jesus, he's the one who started the church. It, it's his plan. And so what is the church? The church is just basically the community of God. It's the people of God. And so we're going to look at what that means. So we're going to look at some of these disciplines together. Worship, the Bible. Uh, we're going to look at some of the barriers to community, like conflict and, uh, you know, how to communicate with one another, some things to, to just help us grow as a community. And during that period, hopefully we're going to launch a couple of small groups then. I've, I've got a, one guy that approached me this week that, that um, 
maybe starting up a wild at heart group for some guys. So, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you want to go on that journey, that's been a great thing. I've gone through wild at heart probably three or four times and, uh, great thing to kind of connect with some other guys and do manly things and talk about God. And, uh, and, and then I, I've, I've even talked to, to some, uh, ladies around here who have, have young kids and, they kind of like to get together. So we're going to try to come up with some things and maybe even some, uh, a couple of home groups, you know, to study the Bible. So that's going to be the, the second quarter. The third quarter this year, we're going to talk about culture. Because the reality is, for some of you, when you come in and you start experiencing genuine community and the life of God for the first time, it feels really good. You know, and you're like, man, I love this. And you don't want to leave it. In fact, you'd be just... Just content if nobody else showed up and ruined it. You, you ever have that experience before? Like, like, like this feels really good. I hope, I hope some really annoying people don't show up and screw this thing up. You know, you laugh, but I, I, I talked to a, I talked to a vineyard pastor, uh, up in uh, Wisconsin, and he was, he was telling me how he planted a, a vineyard church a couple of years ago, and church got up to about 30 people and things started feeling really good and everybody's loving each other and loving God and man it's just awesome and uh thing is man they started getting mean like like somebody somebody come in the door and they're like what do you want <laughs> you know and and so he actually had to s- shut the thing down and start over it took like two or three of the people and, and and started the church over because they love the community so much that they they, they just you know us for more no more you know um, but, you know, Jesus doesn't leave it there. As, as important as community is to our, our walk with God, and it is, it is absolutely important. There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. Same thing as Jesus doesn't leave it there. He wants us to be connected to the world around us. So the, the, the third quarter this year is going to be connecting with the culture. That word culture can mean culture. It, and I'm just referring to, to the surrounding world around the church, the people on these blocks, the people in your jobs, the, the, the people in your neighborhoods. How can we as a church be, begin connecting? So we're going to be good, you know, we're going to begin doing some things in the community. Uh, we may be looking at, you know, helping to do some Habitat for Humanity houses, help with a uh, home for unmarried moms and, uh, you know, some various other things around uh, around town where we can serve together. We can be con- in connecting with community. Also, I you know I love this little building here. I know Covington does a lot of things for the arts. I would love to just open up this thing for maybe a local artist to throw some art up on the walls. Paul can uh, make some sandwiches at Empire State and uh, get a little music going and 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 actually join the cultural conversation when they do these arts nights around here. But where we can involve be involved with that. So. We're going to look at what that looks like over the summer, and and, how, and that's going to kind of, um, you know, the the high point of that is we're going to launch our next alpha, and uh, I got to tell you, alpha was just a, a just an amazing thing this year. Just saw God show up in so many cool ways, and uh, I'm hoping we can have twice as many people in alpha this year and, and talking about God and, and and starting the journey. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I'm like, uh, and so that that'll be kind of the 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 you know the high point of of connecting with the community. <laughs> and we'll invite people to sit around a table, eat some food and talk about God and, and get the the questions of their life out. And so that'll lead us to the final quarter which will be sometime in the fall next year and we're going to we're going to do the connection is is heart. 
And basically the idea there is, you know, sometimes you can connect with God and you connect with people in the church and people in the community, but it's a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, because I I don't know about you, but for me, you know, when God starts touching on some things that hurt, sometimes I'm just like, ah, let's leave that alone. (laughs) Let's, Let's not go there. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with my relationship with God at, at the way it is. But we're going to look at the fall, at, you know, just letting, you know, what's it mean to let God deal with some of our, our hurts, our hang-ups, our habits, our addictions. You know, things that, man, you may have been a Christian for 20 years and, and you got these addictions that you just can't seem to shake. Well, what's it, you know, what's it mean to let God into some of those areas? So that's kind of the year that we have ahead of us. Now, I, I want to say this. We're going to cover these things kind of in quarters, but they're not just like seasons like, oh, I did the God thing back in January. That was great. And now I'm doing the church thing. And it, this is kind of cumulative, okay? <laughs> we're not like doing God connection, done with that. Now we're going to do church connection. The idea is that just like planting a garden, we're going to prepare a place where life can happen. You know, the life doesn't come from me doesn't come from any of us. It comes from Jesus. But as we prepare the garden, get the soil right, get some of the weeds out, start tilling some things up, getting some sunshine, some water, the fruit's going to happen. And, and you know why? The fruit, the fruit will come up in our lives so that the world can taste what God's like. The world can look at this group of people and say, man, I've never seen people with such peace and such joy and, 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 and such hope. You know, that's my picture. You know, I asked y'all, what do you see as a good climactic scene for this church? Well, you know, in a way, I don't have to answer that question because I'm seeing it right now. I mean, understand, it was just last Mardi Gras, last Ash Wednesday, where Dina and I finally felt God say, it's time to do the church planting thing. And you know what? I've never done any gardening, and I've never planted a church. (laughs) And... I envision a group of people that would just be simply and humbly connecting with God. A bunch of broken people who are experiencing the life and the power, the transformation of God, and that people would see that. And you know what? That scene that that Dina and I envisioned almost a year ago when we're driving down the road from Texas back to Louisiana, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing God do it. And that is uh, an amazing thing. So that's what I'm looking to see in this coming year. I'm looking to see broken, messed up people. Anybody in that? that okay. Once we get to the heart thing, you'll realize. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just normal, everyday people who are, are, are authentically following after Christ. No pretension. No putting on a show. Just, just, just hungry for the real deal. And so I ask you tonight, if that's where you're at and, and, and that's what you're hungry for in your life, come with us on this journey. And uh, I think it's going to be good stuff in this year ahead. So tonight, just kind of our overview of the year. But next week, we're going to start digging into what it looks like to connect with God. So again, if you've got any questions along the way, just just shoot them to me through the website or uh, or, or drop a question in the offering thing if you're afraid to ask me, or you can just ask me, and that'd be fine too. But uh, 
Let's do this journey together. Let's see what God grows in our midst as we learn what it's like to have a connected life. Why don't you guys stand with me? Heavenly Father, tonight, God, just like the words we're singing and worship tonight, God, we, we just open up our hearts to you. God, we, we don't want to be stuck. We don't want to pe- be people who are just, uh, you know, going through the motions or just uh, on autopilot for another year, God, but we want to experience your transformation, God, and God, we're willing, we're willing to do that for whatever it's going to take, Lord. So we just open up our hands, we open up our hearts, God, we open up our eyes to expect to see good things from you. So I pray for every person in here, God, that, that has questions, that has hurts, that feels you drawing, God, Lord, that we could step beyond our fears, step beyond our fears of being hurt or whatever, and we could follow you. Lord, you would teach us what it means to be connected to you, connected to other people, connected to the world, and to experience you in the depths of our heart, Lord. And it's in the name of Jesus, God, that we pray these things. Amen.